Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. Merry Christmas, America. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. Mr. Call Screener, Richie B, El Conservador, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And thanks for tuning in. Big shout-out to everybody that's listening across America on iHeartRadio and everybody who's listening in Philly. Feliz Navidad. And I love this time of year because I get to be on the air in lots of different places, especially when I uh, guest host the nationally syndicated uh, Mark Levin Show. Hundreds of radio stations across the country get to hear me. And we also, at this time of year, I get to eat pernit, right? <laughs> which is a slow roasted pork shoulder served with arroz con gandules, which is yellow rice and chickpeas, plus a side of pasteles, which are a type of uh, tamale that are kind of, um, I guess, wrapped in in a banana leaf, but it's made of green plantains and seasoned stewed meat, and it's beautifully wrapped at the end of it, served as a pastel, if you will. And then we wash it down with some coquito, which is the Puerto Rican-styled eggnog. It's actually made of coconut and cinnamon and rum and a lot of other good stuff, and it's delicious. So Merry Christmas to you guys. Feliz Navidad as you enjoy your feast of seven fishes or your turkey or your ham dinner, midnight mass, however you celebrate the birthday of our Lord Jesus Christ. Felicidades. Now let's check out some headlines. The Supreme Court is gearing up to hear challenges to Biden's vaccine mandate. Looking at this piece right here, Fox News. Supreme Court will hear oral arguments on challenges to the Biden vaccine mandate. Now, this news comes as the court announced on Wednesday it's going to hear arguments for businesses with over 100 employees and for healthcare workers at facilities that are receiving Medicaid and Medicare funding. So it's a very specific lawsuit. Several states that are led by Republicans, as well as businesses and other opponents, have put Biden's mandates in legal limbo for weeks, according to Fox News. While courts generally have upheld the rights of private businesses and schools to implement their own vaccine mandates, lawsuits over Biden's rules challenge whether the federal government has the authority to force employers and other entities to require these vaccinations. The reasoning across the cases is basically the same, which is that these statutes don't give the president or the agency in question the authority to issue the mandates. This is according to Gregory McGarrian. He's a constitutional law professor at Washington University in St. Louis. Now, the administration defends the rules, arguing that such mandates have been successful at the federal level, saying, we know vaccination requirements work, a White House official said after the ruling. The federal government is the country's largest employer and has successfully implemented its requirement in a way that has boosted vaccinations and avoids any disruptions to operations. So that's their position that because employers can do this, I am the employer, I'm doing it. 
The argument is the federal government doesn't have the authority to do that. They're saying we have the authority because we're the employer. Let's see how this thing plays out. Now, Dr. Fauci, that's right. Good old paging Dr. Fauci, paging Dr. Fauci, the Fouchster. Yes, he's celebrating his 81st birthday. And he says, you cannot celebrate with your family if you're not vaccinated. Now, you remember around Thanksgiving time, they said, well, if you're going to have a Thanksgiving party, well, what you got to do is you've got to have your family come in and they got to pull up to the garage. Then you offer them a cocktail or maybe uh, an aperitif, if you will. And then say, bust out the uh, COVID test because it's time for a rapid one, right? That's what they want to do. And, you know, I was making the joke saying, no, get them up against the wall, pat them down, spread them, because that's what almost what it seems like to shove people into this uh, triage area, the garage, before you welcome them to your home. But good old Dr. Fauci says no Christmas for you and your family if you're not vaccinated. Listen to this. If someone in your family isn't vaccinated, should you ask them not to show up? Uh, Yes, I I would do that. I mean, I think we're dealing with a a serious enough situation right now that if there's an unvaccinated person, I would say I'm very sorry, but not this time, maybe another time when this is all over. Oh, boy. So don't come. Please don't visit me because this is not the right time. No Feliz Navidad for you. No Pernil for you. No Coquito. Oh, boy. Not not good. No bueno, as I like to say. This is Dr. Fauci doing what Dr. Fauci does best, making more rules, being the uh, bureaucrat that he is. He just lives in a world of red tape. And I think most Americans realize we're not built on that. This isn't about red tape. But it's not just Dr. Fauci. It's also Dr. Rochelle Walensky from the CDC. Same thing, saying, you know, consider gathering with family and friends who are also vaccinated and practicing these same measures. Or don't. Check this out. I also want to be sure people understand the risks around holiday travel. Holiday gatherings and risk of travel really has less to do with the airplane or car ride and much more to do with how people from different households behave in the weeks to days before meeting up. Importantly, consider gathering with family and friends who are also practicing similar proper prevention measures. Now, on a quick aside, Um, that's don't go to see your family. And we're going to talk about traveling to see your family in a second. But I want to give you an update on this one because this just came out a little while ago. FDA authorizes the first COVID-19 treatment pill, and it's called uh, Pfizer's Paxlovid drug. Paxlovid, excuse me. And the FDA authorized the first oral antiviral treatment for COVID-19, giving it emergency use authorization on Wednesday. Nermatrelvir, I think I said that right, Nermatrelvir, our tablets and ritonavir tablets co-packaged for oral use. And that's the uh, clinical name for the treatment duo. And this is for mild to moderate cases of coronavirus in adults and children 12 and up. Now, of course, if the kid's five years old and they want a happy meal at the uh, local burger joint, you can't do that. You got to get the kid vaxxed, at least if you're in New York. If you're in the rest of the free world here in America, then do what you got to do. But that's what's going on with the FDA and this pill. So we'll keep you up to speed on that stuff. But now if you're traveling to go see your peeps, and I don't know if it's in Philadelphia or anywhere else, Illinois, don't do it. Don't go visit your family. Now, this is not from Dr. Fauci. This is from me. If you are a Democrat lawmaker, a state senator, a congresswoman, do not go to visit your family in these areas. And I'm going to tell you exactly why you shouldn't go visit your family in the Chicago area or in the Philly area, because, and of course I say that in jest, but there's a couple of stories coming out of those areas that you do not want to miss. So do not move a muscle. Don't touch that dial. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S on all the social media. You're listening to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is America.
Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate digital agronomy platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. The 45th President Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good, Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. Oh, it's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, welcome back, Philadelphia. Welcome back, America. Everybody listening in California and Texas. We got a lot of peeps out there today. Thank you very much for tuning in. Now, I explained why you should not go visit your family members in these areas. And the reason is, in these areas, there's a lot of drama going on. There's a couple of carjackings that happened here. Let me explain. Why am I being this way? Well, I'm going to tell you because of the news reports. NBC News, Philadelphia, Channel 10, United States Representative Mary Gay Scanlon was carjacked in South Philly. Listen to this. Five suspects are in custody in Delaware after they were found in the vehicle that was stolen at gunpoint in South Philadelphia at FDR Park from Congresswoman Mary Gay Scanlon. Police say that her blue Acura MDX was located Wednesday night in Newark, Delaware. That's 45 miles from Philadelphia. The Philadelphia police say that Scanlon was carjacked while walking to her parked car after a meeting on Wednesday when two armed men demanded her keys. Police say that the Democrat handed them the keys and one suspect drove off while the other followed in a different SUV. She was not physically harmed. She's 62 years old and got carjacked at 2.45 in the afternoon. South Philly. Damn. Not such a Merry Christmas for her, or maybe she's counting her blessings that she wasn't shot dead. With 500 homicides in Philly, she should be grateful that she wasn't one of those. It's just interesting to see how this plays out. Now in Illinois, Democrat State Senator carjacked Lightfoot was instrumental in passing a bill ending cash bail this year, putting more criminals on the streets. This is uh, Fox Business right here. Illinois Democrat State Senator Majority Leader was the victim of a carjacking on Tuesday night in Chicago. In a suburb of Chicago, Senator Kimberly Lightford had played a pivotal role in passing a bill to end cash bail, amongst other things. Lightford and her husband were together during the incident, but were unharmed. The carjacking happened at 9.45 p.m., about 20 miles outside of Chicago. Three masked subjects driving a Durango SUV hijacked a black Mercedes-Benz SUV belonging to Lightford and her husband. Her response, first and foremost, I am thankful that my husband and I are alive and physically unharmed, Lightford said in a statement. I'm trying to process the trauma of what happened. I want to thank everyone who's offered their love and support. I want to thank. So that's Lightford. She didn't apologize for the no cash bail. She didn't apologize for putting criminals on the street or failing to uh, uphold bills that would lock people up like this to actually enforce the law. So I guess more of this will happen and she'll continue to make statements if she's lucky enough to be alive. 
And again, I say all of that because she was a major sponsor of that police reform bill in Illinois. She played a pivotal role in the state's criminal omnibus bill that effectively ended cash bail. The bill came in response to the police killing of George Floyd back in 2020, which sparked a wave of protest, blah, 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 blah. And that's in Fox Business. I'll tweet this out if you want to take a look at at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. And I'll get into some more topics and headlines straight ahead, but there's this op-ed from 2010 that I want to read that still seems so apropos at this time in life. I feel like it hits the nail on the head. I want you to listen to this. Check it out. Dear Editor, has America become the land of special interests and the home of the double standard? Let's see. If we lie to Congress, it's a felony. And if Congress lies to us, it's just politics. If we dislike a black person, we're racist. And if a black person dislikes us or any white person, it's their First Amendment right. The government spends millions of dollars to rehabilitate criminals, and they do almost nothing for the victims of those crimes. In public schools, you can teach that homosexuality is okay, but you better not use the word God in the process. You can kill an unborn child, but it's wrong to execute a mass murderer. We don't burn books in America, but we rewrite them. We got rid of the communist and socialist threat by renaming them progressives. We're unable to close our border with Mexico, but we have no problem protecting the 38th parallel in Korea. If you protest against President Obama's policies, you're a terrorist. But if you burned an American flag or George Bush in effigy, it was your First Amendment right. You can have pornography on TV or on the Internet, but you better not put a nativity scene in a public park during Christmas. We have eliminated all criminals in America. They're now called sick people. We can use a human fetus for medical research, but it's wrong to use an animal. We take money from those who work hard for it and give it to those who don't want to work. We all support the Constitution, but only when it supports our political ideology. We still have freedom of speech, but only if we're being politically correct. Parenting has been replaced with Ritalin and video games. The land of opportunity is now the land of handouts. The similarity between Hurricane Katrina and the Gulf oil spill is that neither president did anything to help. And now, how do we handle a major crisis today? The government appoints a committee to determine who's at fault, then threatens them, passes a law, and raises our taxes and tells us the problem is solved just so they can get back to their reelection campaign. What happened to the land of the free and the home of the brave? And that's a letter to the editor in the Ayaska County Times written by Ken Huber in Tawas City, Michigan, back in 2010. Hence the references to Obama and George Bush. And I think it's spot on. Plus, straight ahead, uh, there's an interview I did a while back that I want to drop a clip in of because it's so appropriate given that it's Christmas time. And it's about how the left has infiltrated everything, including the Christian church. Anyway, don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. You're listening to a special Christmas edition of This is America on the 50,000 powerful watts of Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. 
Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. America, welcome back. Philly, welcome back, everybody. This is America, Rich Valdez, and that's El Gran Combo. That's some of the festive music that uh, we like to listen to at my house during Christmas time. And crazy times are amongst us, right? Are among us, are with us, I should say, because it's pretty sick when you've got members of Congress getting carjacked in their own districts. And I'm just grateful they're alive, honestly speaking. But there's also the aspect of why isn't this happening in Republican districts? And I'm sure carjackings are happening in Republican districts. But the reason that they're happening more so in Democrat districts is because they're not only soft on crime, they're pro-crime, just like Larry Craster in Philadelphia, just like Letitia James in New York, the state attorney general, that these people refuse to prosecute criminals and want to beat up on the cops. And I blame the media for so much of this because they've carried the water of the Democrats. They've allowed them to do what they want with impunity, to lie and to disassemble the system of norms that we've had for a very long time to have a civil society. And they're undoing it with every piece of legislation and every left-wing politician that they elect. And, you know, President Trump, former President Trump, sat down with uh, Candace Owens for an interview. And I think it was really interesting because he really described just how bad the Democrats' philosophy is. I want you to listen to this. Tell me one good thing Joe Biden has done in office. Well, the one good thing is that he showed how bad it is with this kind of a philosophy. Because we won the election, but if it was more standard where we actually took office, uh, people would have been criticizing. Why didn't you do this? Now when they look at the border, when they look at Afghanistan, when they look at all the horror shows of what's taken place when they look at inflation. Inflation's eating us alive, and they refuse to admit it. The only thing they have going is they have an unbelievable press. The press, no matter what they do, the press, you notice, doesn't talk about Afghanistan. I haven't heard any, we gave $85 billion, lost soldiers, tremendously, a large number of very badly wounded soldiers, and all of the other things, Afghanistan. The most embarrassing single day, in my opinion, or week, in our country's history. I don't think we've ever had an embarrassment. The press won't talk about it. And of course the press isn't going to talk about it because the press is part of the problem. This is what they're doing. They're covering things up. The biggest Christmas gift America could get would be an honest press. But that might be too much to ask for because, you know, Biden says, you know, if you do what we want you to do, you get on the good list or the naughty list, you may not have to take to this and do that. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But Trump wasn't done. He had something else he wanted to say. Because he says, this is how we fix the media. And I think he's spot on. Listen to this. We learned a couple of things over the last number of years. Number one, the press is among the most dishonest group of people ever, anywhere, no matter what. They're corrupt. Mm -hmm. And number two, we have corrupt elections. And we've got to straighten out the elections. And you're only going to straighten out the press if you allow people to sue with a meaningful law. So if they write libelous and terrible things, they don't want that to happen. 
They don't want that because they want to do it the way they're doing New it. New York Times versus Sullivan should be reversed. It should be reversed. Absolutely. And I, I think Justice Thomas is saying, like, I think it should be reversed, or he made a statement to that effect. But if they write something totally malicious, libelous, whatever you want to call it, your lawyers will tell you, don't bother suing because you can't sue. Because you're a public If you want to straighten out the press, give us the right to sue. Give people the right to sue the press where it's meaningful, where they have to pay a big penalty when they get caught. Because they're caught all the time. You have to be able to do something about it. I agree. It. And that's the whole point. We have to be able to hold the press accountable in one way or another. And taking away legal protections is how they were able to do it. This is the same thing they're trying to do with the filibuster, trying to uh, take away debate so they can get their way and have carte blanche to do what they want to do. And it's not just President Trump and the politicos that know what's going on in the media. I think a lot of people are hip to what's going on. I hate to say the word awake because it's insulting to the people who are just unaware to say that you're asleep, somehow asleep at the wheel. If you don't know, you don't know. And most times people don't know that they don't know. So I don't want to insult them. But I will say this, that it is refreshing to see that there are some billionaires out there that aren't in lockstep with the left, that aren't in lockstep with the craziness that's going on. Donald Trump. Elon Musk. Speaking of Elon Musk and speaking about the media, one of my favorite publications is the Babylon Bee. It's a Catholic newspaper that does parodies and lots of satire on political and current events topics. It's terrific. You should check it out. But Elon Musk sat down for an interview with them and he, uh, he had a couple of really good things to say. I want you to listen to this. I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I know, I know I'm exactly hold a gun to your head for this podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm asking him right now. I'm sorry, I don't... You could be on CNN right now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> John Lennon a real news organization. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just uh, the video is so much better than the audio. But what ha what happens here is he's sitting around a table. He's sipping on a white claw, one of those vodka seltzer water type of drinks. And uh, they say, you could be on CNN. Don Lemon could be interviewing you. You heard what they said. And he rolls his eyes and makes a funny face and with uh, a high degree of incredulity. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, uh, unfortunately, I just, you know, haven't, um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, what, what was it you said? The. The requirement for being a CNN job at CNN is uh, what yeah. are you are you a pervert? Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm not perverted enough. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Not a uh, pedophile fan. <laughs> now, not only did Musk uh, slam CNN saying he's not perverted enough to be there, but he also had some kind words, or maybe not so kind words, about wokeness and this whole idea of being woke in general. Check this out. You're working on some of those problems, but the problem of wokeness specifically, you mentioned that's like a mind virus and it's destructive. Uh, and why, why do you think wokeness is so destructive? I'm interested in your, your opinions too. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, generally, I think we should be aiming for like a, a positive society and, uh, you know, that it should be okay to you know, be humorous, uh, like, you know, like we should, we should, like, like wokeness basically wants to make comedy illegal, <laughs> which is not cool. We've experienced a bit of that. <laughs> I mean, Chappelle, like what the flower bed, I mean, try to shut down Chappelle. Come on, man. That's crazy. Um, so, um, you know, so do, do we want a humorless society that is, is simply rife with condemnation, uh, and hate, basically. Uh, and no forgiveness, right? Yeah. Mm. The, at, at its heart, wokeness is divisive, um, exclusionary, um, and hateful. It's, it's, it basically gives 
mean people a reason, a, 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 it gives them a shield to be, to be mean and cruel. Mm. Armored in false virtue. Wokeness gives mean people a shield to be cruel, armored in false virtue. Now he's talking about wokeness. I say that wokeness is really the evil of Marxism eroding and corroding, eroding society and corroding your mind and everything in between. And that's how it's affecting society and culture. It's toxic. And in many ways, it's proven to be lethal. Just look at China's history and Russia's history and so much of the, the communist history that's available to us. And this is why I think it's so important that we um, reflect back on this interview that I did with um, Pastor Lucas. This guy is terrific. He's got an excellent book. I'm going to play a clip of that interview uh, in the next segment because I think it's important to, to know that there is an influx of communist sympathizers infiltrating the Catholic Church, the Evangelical Christian Church, just to introduce what they call liberation theology, which is, again, Marxism inside the church. Now, this is from an episode that I did called Christ Cancel Communism. So if you want to hear that whole episode with both interviews, you can go ahead and do that. But I'm just going to play a little bit of the one interview in the next segment. And remember, we have to fight this fight, but we don't have to get stressed out in this fight. We don't need to become anxious and lose it and start asking rhetorical questions like, what do we do? What do we do? Right? Because George Washington never asked, what do we do? What do we do? AOC doesn't say, what do we do? What do we do? She gets angry. She moves forward. She knows exactly what she's going to do, just like George Washington did, just like Trump did. You never hear Trump say, what, what are we going to do, folks? What are we going to do? He knows exactly what he's got to do, and that's the way we have to be, stress-free. For me to stay stress-free, I use an app called Noom. Noom.com slash This Is America. That is the app that I use because you know what? It helps you keep your, your goals on track, your hydration on track, your meals. You can track your meals. And for me, that's important because I lost about 70 pounds. I gained 20 back, so I'm really only down about 50. But I've kept those 50 pounds off by making sure I don't stress eat. And I have to watch my diet throughout the year so that I can eat the penil and the arroz con gandules and all the fun stuff that we do during the holidays. If you guys are eating seven fishes, bono Natale, right? Merry Christmas to everybody. But yes, if you want to check out your personalized trial for this app, the Noom app, it help you regulate your mood. This stuff comes with a coach and it's completely created by the pros, actual psychologists that put this thing together to help you stay healthy. So go check it out, noom.com slash this is America. You can get your trial right there, noom.com slash this is America. Noom, N-O-O-M, that's Nancy, Oscar, Oscar, Mary.com slash this is America. More to come straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. What's up, America? Bienvenido. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And as promised, we've got our guest that's going to help us break this down, how the left is infiltrating not just higher education, not just the government, but uh, the left is, and I'm talking about leftist Marxist propaganda, 
making its way into the church. Now, this is not necessarily a new concept, right? There's this whole idea of liberation theology was that Jesus was a socialist. Right? Jesus is a communist. And, and that's been going on forever. But it's making an ugly resurgence. And somebody that's an expert on that is Lucas Miles. He's a writer, speaker, a life coach. He's produced a movie. And he's the senior pastor at Oasis uh, Granger, a community church that he and his wife, Chrissy, planted in 2004. And Lucas Miles just wrote this new book, The Christian Left. And I met him personally at CPAC. And when I saw that my buddy Steve Baldwin uh, really kind of signed off on this book and said, you know what, this is a, a really good book and it covers such an important topic. I said, you know what, I really want to get him on the show. And I'm glad that we were able to put it together to celebrate the release of his book. So um, welcome, Lucas Miles. Welcome to This is America. Hey, thanks for having me on. You got it, my brother. So tell us a little bit about the problem, right? I mean, obviously, there's lots of problems going on, but what problem do you address and uh, kind of um, go after in your new book, The Christian Life? Absolutely. So, you know, really what I've traced is this growing constituency of, you know, Christians and at times sort of Christians by name only who have become infatuated by with progressive ideology liberal theology, and at times, as you mentioned, Marxist theory, which shows itself in things like liberation theology, critical race theory, et cetera. And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people you know, have seen this in their home churches, uh, and some, some Christians have welcomed it, but the problem is that this, uh, this Christian left, as I, as I call it, has started pulling the church away from Scripture, away from really orthodox Christian views, uh, and if you're somebody who believes in the Bible and believes in biblical Christianity, this is concerning for you because a lot of these concepts are antithetical to Scripture. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we're starting to see more ideology, pro-choice, uh, uh, you know, messaging, uh, pro-LGBT agenda, uh, you know, pro-socialism, pro-Marxism coming out of Christianity. And so this is something for the biblical Christian. I think it's concerning and that we really need to be aware of so that we make sure that we ourselves don't get pulled away, you know, further and further uh, from really the message of the cross. I think that's well said in, in stating the problem, because um, obviously this is something that I think everybody's going through. And a lot of people have, I guess, encountered this and um, some may have suspected it, but thought, no, no, not my pastor. How could they be getting involved in that? And a couple of weeks ago on this very program, I mentioned that a, a friend of mine, who uh, is a senior pastor somewhere, and this has nothing to do with him, but he's also hosting a television show and had some guests on, and they were kind of outwardly avowed um, Marxists, not necessarily by name, but by deed and the things that they were representing. And I think they all believe that these things were all good and holy. So I think, it, it to me, it becomes a fundamental question of, uh, well, I don't think that's wrong. I think that's good. So uh, both as a activist and as a pastor, how do you kind of address this problem of liberation theology and the Christian left, you know, kind of succumbing to communist activists? Absolutely. So, you know, I think first off, it's important to realize that the left, as much as they talk about the separation of church and state, they really don't want the separation of church and state. They want a church that is subservient to the state. And that is really a Marxist concept. You know, we saw this in uh, sort of a, a more direct version of this in Nazi Germany. You know, during World War II, uh, there, was a, there was a subset of the Nazi party that was referred to as positive Christianity or positivist Christentum. And, and basically what positive Christianity was, is it was essentially the, the Nazi party that was using the church as a propaganda center 
uh, to really present Jesus not as the Savior of the world. They had no interest in that, but as really the great you know, social reformer, as sort of the champion of the state. And so they took away all the divine aspects of the Bible, uh, you know, so much so that, you know, it, uh, Eric Metaxas in his book mentions that, you know, it's almost as if they were replacing the Bible with Mein Kampf and the, and the crosses mm-hmm. with swastikas. And so, you know, we're seeing that in many ways here. Um, we're seeing that in many ways today with, uh, with the left is sort of trying to use this message. And I'm in South Bend, Indiana. I'm a red state in a blue county. Uh, you know, Pete Buttigieg, who ran for the Democratic uh, uh, presidential candidate, you know, is our mayor here. And, you know, you Sorry in downtown that. South Bend, where my, yeah, me too, uh, we're still recovering. Um, where my, where my uh, office is downtown, I'm right across from the mayor's office. And within about a four or five block radius, almost every single church around has a rainbow flag and has a Marxist BLM flag out front. And those are flying higher than the cross now. And so we are seeing this, I think, mm-hmm. not just in a state like Indiana, but this is something people are experiencing around the country. And, you know, I think that we have to reject liberation theology and we have to reject you know marxism not only from coming into the state but also from coming into the church i think you raise an excellent point here so and i just want to take it step by step because to me this is incredibly important and people are probably listening thinking rich you never get really overboard with the religious stuff and i usually don't the reason i'm doing it now a because it was national day of prayer you know just a few days ago but also because i think it's incredibly important to realize that so many of our institutions in the united states our media our government our educational system and our religious institutions are under siege right and the way you you laid it out here the christian left how liberal thought hijacked the church and we're on with lucas miles uh pastor lucas miles i think is a is a great uh and catchy title and if you guys want to get the book make sure you do but I, I think it's important to realize what is some of the damage that you see? Because I think some people hear this and they go, so you guys are bigots. You're just a pair of bigots. Do you think that it's <laughs> wrong for the rainbow flag to fly higher than the cross? You know, who, who makes Jesus the end all be all? And that's probably a different debate for another day. But I think it is an important thing to know that within the, the, um, the church of Christ as a whole, this has never been the case, right? We've never had an acceptance of, of sin. I think there was always a um, a consensus that 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 lifestyle was sinful, and you know the envelope seems to be moving. But you would have a way better sense on that than me. What's your thought on that? Yeah. So first off, I mean I've traced this back, and in the book The Christian Left, I go back actually as far as the 1700s to really show how progressivism really began with the post Enlightenment you know period with philosophers like Voltaire and Kant and others that began introducing sort of this this model of biblical criticism. Uh, that began to really sort of downgrade the Bible from being this traditionally held uh, place as the Word of God uh, to sort of maybe being a good history book or sort of, a, a, you know, having a lot of good sayings in it, but maybe a mixture of mythology and, and you know, factual accounts. And so um, why does that matter? Well, if somebody, you know, if there's somebody isn't a Christian, maybe this doesn't sound very concerning to them. But what we are seeing here is just one of the many ways that the left is really, uh, and again, by leftists, we're saying, you know, Marxist you know, et cetera, that they are trying to really revise history and, and, and ensure that the church becomes sort of this, uh, this beacon of, of leftist propaganda. You know, Mikhail Gorbachev was one of the first ones to say that, you know, Jesus was the first great socialist. And the reality is Christianity is completely antithetical to socialism. And, you know, we see Jesus promote personal responsibility. Uh, we see him, you know, really teach concepts that are completely rejected by socialists. 
But with biblical, with this kind of uh, a leftist biblical criticism that's being introduced, it's sort of a way of just sort of crossing out any sort of verse that, that contradicts their ideology. And in order to really make the Bible say whatever they want it to say, the same way that we're seeing with their history books and the Constitution and everything else that the left is addressing as well. And so, you know, this is a problem for anybody that really views themselves as a conservative or as a Christian uh, that they need to be aware of. And I really, in this book, uh, The Christian Left, I try to provide sort of a roadmap back to Orthodox Christianity to ensure that the foundations of our faith are not deteriorated or eroded. You know, and that was a very concise way of putting it. Uh, But I, I think, you know, just to add with that, I think there's an analogy that came to mind for me, which is just imagine if someone were to go to your children and say, listen, your parents are very nice people and they mean well. But what they say is not the rules of your life. What they say are mere suggestions. You know, you should make your bed. You shouldn't use drugs. You shouldn't kill people. But, you know, they're just simply suggestions. It, it seems that that is what the progressive left has done with uh, the gospel. So we're talking about 2,000 years of church history now, well documented. And I know we hear people all the time, oh, Bible's not reliable. Anybody who says that does not understand history and they don't understand the academic approach to the translation of Scripture. Uh, the Bible is, is you know, I mean, it's something like 99% reliable. When we had the Dead Sea Scrolls, we were able to compare those. I mean, there's so much that has gone into ensuring that the translations that we have today are reputable and they are in line with their original language. Now, if you don't believe the Bible, then you're free to do that. And I'll, as an American, I'll actually die for your right uh, to not believe in the Bible. But for those of us who are Christians, it's important that we call Christianity what it is. And what we have the left doing today is they're introducing sort of this pseudo-Christianity that is sort of Christianity with all of the the spiritual aspects removed. It's a secularization of the church that is attempting to be done to where we keep the culture of the church, but we remove anything that addresses, uh, you know, any sort of lifestyle issues that, uh, um, you know, maybe conflict with a leftist agenda. And so, you know, by doing so, they've removed doctrines of original sin. They've removed, you know, removed doctrine about the infallibility of Scripture. And so all of this has been downgraded to really fit the left's agenda. You know, we're seeing this, um, you know, for instance, uh, Senator Warnock in Georgia, you know, at Easter saying that there was something more transcendent than the cross of Christ or the resurrection of Christ. Uh, wow. You know, it's this sort of mindset. I would love to know what that is, if there is something more transcendent. Uh, than <laughs> what have we been doing all these years? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I, I would gladly, you know. And so we're seeing statements like that. And, you know, some of these guys and whether it's whether it's Mayor Pete here in South Bend or Warnock, I mean, these guys are poster children of the Christian left who are really using Christianity. You'll never hear them talk about heaven, hell, forgiveness of sins, repentance, you know, uh, anything like that. It is really a form of Christianity that is that is focused on sort of the socialist agenda, Marxist agenda. And, you know, in theology, we call that liberation theology. Uh, but it's really just propaganda for whatever the state wants to pump out next. All right. So we're on with uh, Lucas Miles. He's the author of The Christian Left, How Liberal Thought Has Hijacked the Church. And, uh, Pastor, tell us, I guess, uh, you know, to wrap it up, what's your admonition to every American listening? We've got people all across America that listen to this program. And they're always asking me, what can we do? And I guess whether they're Christians or non-Christians, you kind of need to stand in solidarity with people because imagine if the left right now, they're not going after the Muslim faith uh, and maybe they are, but you know, in a, in a minor way, but it's only a matter of time before they go after the Jews and they go after uh, the Muslims and, and they d- begin to secularize what were once, you know, spiritual uh, religions. So I guess, how do we stop this 
idealism driven attack on the truth of of our faith as ordinary everyday people. Yeah, somebody out there might say, well, I'm not a Christian, and so this doesn't apply to me. Marxism is an enemy of every religion. And if we're talking about just religious freedom in general, if we want to keep religions uh, sort of the, the, the essence of what they are intact, then we have to reject Marxism because it is seeking to really, you know, revise and, and, and amend every single religion to get it to be subservient to it. And so as a Christian, this is highly important for me, but I think this should also be something that, that somebody who is, is Jewish or, or Muslim should, should be aware of, because if it's not today, they're going to be coming for your, you know, place of faith tomorrow. And so, you know, this book has already been number one on Amazon in three different categories. We're seeing so much excitement around this and people that are just writing me saying, thank you for writing this. You've said things that my, my pastor, you know, is, is, has been afraid to talk about. We have pastors afraid of losing their 501c3 status you know, for speaking out or being afraid of, of cancel culture and these things. And so, you know, I, I really wrote the Christian left to uh, to empower uh, people with with really arguments to refute some of these things, because it sounds so convincing. You know, it's all these great words and phrases and people explain, well, what, doesn't Jesus love everybody? And doesn't Jesus, wouldn't he be for open borders? And, you know, wouldn't Jesus be for, for this or that? And it, it's all just sort of this uh, uh, you know, um, Marxist language that's cloaked in intellectualism. And it's really deceptive for a lot of people. They don't know how to refute it. So I really wanted to kind of give this uh, manifesto, if you will, of, of sort of arguments against uh, sort of this, this Christian socialism message uh, that people could read through and really find that roadmap back to biblical Christianity and really learn how to stand up for their faith in, in such a time as this. All right. Well, he is uh, Pastor Lucas Miles. I want to thank you for joining us. The book is The Christian Left, How Liberal Thought Has Hijacked the Church. Make sure you get the book. Uh, Pastor, tell us where they can find the book. Yeah, absolutely. It's available Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. If you want to support me directly and get an autographed copy, you can go to lucasmiles.org, and we're shipping autographed copies all month. Perfect. Well, thank you again for joining us. And this is why I always say, we have to join the fight. And here it's the, the fight against uh, liberation theology, because this is, again, this is the critical race theory that's happening in the university. This is what's happening in the church. And we have to stand for something. You've heard me say that. That's a quote from Hamilton. If you stand for nothing, you'll absolutely fall for anything. And you also need to do something about it, right? That's why Sir Edmund Burke and others say that the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So don't sit there and do nothing. Do something. Make sure that you're making your voice heard. Make sure that your action is being felt, that you stay within, the obviously, the confines of the law and of your faith and, and your own moral compass, and you do the right thing, but you don't stay silent because staying silent is going to cost us a lot. It's already costing us our colleges. It's costing us uh, our news agencies, it's costing us many different layers of our government, and ultimately it's going to cost us the culture of our country overall. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, America, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Would 
Penthouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.